Welcome to this episode of AU Manufacturing Conversations with Brent Volinsky, featuring one of the companies we're putting forward as part of our quest to identify Australia's 50 most innovative manufacturers. This is the first time we've ever run this campaign, and we absolutely, positively couldn't have gone ahead without the generous help of Bosch Australia Manufacturing Solutions, SMC Corporation Australia, and lead sponsor MYOB. MYOB is a business management platform that brings together key workflows to fit business needs. MYOB has been part of the fabric of doing business in Australia and New Zealand for more than 30 years and integrates manufacturing, inventory management and accounting to help businesses streamline business processes. Mark, thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Good to have you on the program. Brent, it is a pleasure to be here representing MGA Thermal and appreciate your time. Pleasure all mine. First thing I'd like to ask you is the stock question, and that stock question is how did you get here and what do you make? MGA Thermal, how did we get here? We're an organisation that's commercialising a technology invented in Australia, in particular at University of Newcastle. We own that technology outright now, and our founder also is a co-inventor of that technology. Uh, That technology is a thermal storage medium called the MGA Block. The business has been working since startup in 2019, so we're all of four years old now, and been rapidly expanding in terms of in-house R&D capabilities, our manufacturing capabilities, and our pilot demonstration plant uh, roadmap just with a view to commercialising this technology. Right. And tell me about yourself, please. You're an engineer by training, am I correct? I am. My background, a chemical engineer undergraduate, MBA postgraduate, and then further studies in business at Harvard and Kellogg in the States. My career path, a couple of parallel paths. One has been around leading businesses for sustainable growth, and they've always been something of a technical nature, so engineering or environmental engineering related. And then the second part is that I've been an angel investor and advisor for a number of startups for coming on 19 years now. So those two career paths intersect elegantly in helping commercialise an Australian energy storage technology that's got global potential. Let's sort of go with the principle of this show where we sort of have no assumed knowledge from the listener. I will just assume they have not tuned into the previous episode with Arden from your company and I'd like to get an explanation from you for such a listener on how the MGA blocks work. MGA blocks, how do they work? What are they all about? Well, MGA blocks store energy in the form of thermal energy. So we take in decarbonized energy. So that could be through solar or wind or through a power purchase agreement. And we store that in the form of heat in our blocks. Then in terms of the dispatch and how do you redraw that, we're typically focused on creating clean steam as the product out of the blocks to redraw the energy. And that steam can either be used only for the decarbonisation of the harder-to-abate industrial sector, where they're not necessarily looking for decarbonised electricity, they're looking for decarbonised steam or heat. And then the second use is flowing that steam through a turbine, and that in that case you are generating electricity. So the second use case that we've got is really all about repurposing or repowering power stations, something that's very pertinent to the Australian market. What's MGA all about then in terms of the blocks and how do they work? Well, MGA stands for miscibility gap alloy. And in essence, you've got a matrix material that keeps the block solid and you've got metallic particles, small, tiny particles dispersed throughout that matrix. 
So it's a little bit like a cupcake where the dough is the outer mechanism and then inside you might have a, a chocolate chip. And then when you put it in the microwave as an example and you heat it up, you're melting that chocolate chip, but the muffin stays integral uh, as a result of the of the casing. And we're using that in a block format. The advantage of this block is that it stores massive amounts of thermal energy compared to something that doesn't take the inside through a phase change, or in this case, melting and then re-solidifying those little particles of alloy, or in the analogy, chocolate chips. We used six design tenants around the block that I can just share with you. These are important. They make a really big difference compared to a lot of other thermal energy storage technologies. A key point being MGA thermals blocks are not a repurposed material. We specifically design these from scratch for energy storage. And the first point is that they're renewable friendly. So in contrast, for example, to a lithium battery, which might be able to dispatch at capacity for two hours, we've designed these to enable renewables to be able to dispatch that power 24 by 7. They're modular. So they work on a rack and stack system. So you can build systems up into the gigawatt hours of energy storage. They're very high energy density. That matters for a couple of reasons. The first is that the higher the energy density, the smaller the system surround becomes. And then the second is the higher the energy density. When you're retrofitting or helping a brownfield site, you're actually able to fit on the site. So your megawatt hours of storage per piece of land available is very high. We're focused on sustainability and being able to recycle them at end of life. We've been focused around the economics and ensure that they're readily able to be mass manufactured and also that they're inherently safe to use. So that's a little bit around how they work and the design tenants that support them. I'd like to know about how they're being used at the moment. What can you say about your customers currently? So MJA Thermal is a business at the back end of a commercialization journey. So the main thing we're focused on right now is building our own demonstration unit, which we're doing in Tomago in New South Wales, and that's due for commissioning in July of this calendar year. And we're very excited. That's had support from Arena and Shell Energy globally, as well as ourselves. And that's a five megawatt hour unit. So we'll be the first larger scale application of our unit will be in-house as a demonstration unit, and that'll produce high quality, high pressure steam. In terms of how does that then map through to commercialization, Brent, and clients, we've created a stakeholder reference group where we have over 30 different clients and potential clients from industry who we're going to be running use cases for around that production of the energy and dispatch of it. And then in terms of where are they talking about taking their own applications, the two main use cases that those clients fit into, the first is repurposing or repowering power stations. And you may have seen uh, we've got one that's in the public domain, being AGL, but we have at least another five that we're working through in, in great detail around repowering coal and gas-fired power stations. The second main use case is for industrial application. And this is a massive use case. I mean, consumption of energy in the form of heat is potentially the largest use case in Australia and one of the largest in the world, much larger than all the residential energy uses in, as context, at least 400% bigger. and that's the use case where we're taking decarbonised energy in, using that to heat the blocks and then dispatching the steam 24 by 7. The sorts of clients, Brent, that are interested in that application are your large mineral processing facilities, for example, aluminium bauxite, and then you've got food, paper, production. It's the big, large industrial users of heat that are on the decarbonisation journey. Most of them have their 2030 and uh, 2040 goals already mapped out that we're working to support them on. 
You had a release out today. It mentioned a figure in it of 40 gigawatt hours a moment of customer interest. How does your current capacity look like at Tomago? How many bricks are you pumping out and how well placed are you to meet that demand? That's a really good question. We're at the back end of commissioning our third manufacturing plant. They're sequential, so they keep replacing the earlier ones. This one's a fully automated plant. At the moment, we're running a commissioning scheme that will produce a 1,000 of our blocks a day, and we're working on the next phase of expansion of that, which is about a year and a half out, and that takes it through to 8,000 blocks a day. 8,000 blocks a day corresponds to 2.4 gigawatt hours a year of energy storage blocks. So it's starting to get up there in terms of being able to provide clients domestically and globally a material energy storage medium. The phase of expansion that we're working to after that, which punches out towards 2028, would see us producing a million blocks a day, and that's equivalent to about 240 gigawatt hours per annum. So we're on a large-scale manufacturing scale-up roadmap or journey, looking to do that in-house. And ultimately, that will see NGA becoming an Australian manufacturing deep tech decarbonisation export play. We'd like to take another moment now to acknowledge our sponsors, MYOB, as well as Bosch Australian Manufacturing Solutions and SMC Corporation Australia. There would be no Australia's 50 Most Innovative Manufacturers campaign without them. Be sure to check them each out via the links in the show notes and give them a follow on LinkedIn. I'm just curious, a lot of startups on the hardware side are quite resource constrained and, you know, manufacturing is an expensive thing to tool up for and get up to scale with. How come you haven't sort of decided to perhaps try and outsource manufacturing or hand it over to someone else and you work on the technology development side in a licensing arrangement? That's an interesting question. I think part of it is the notion that there's a lot of IP in the blocks. So the value for us as a business and the differentiator for us is actually in the blocks and making sure that we get the manufacturing process sorted well and truly in-house is very important to us. And then actually being able to run the quality control with the R&D lab also in-house, Brent, to support the checks of both the feedstock materials and the blocks on the output side both come together elegantly in having the ability to scale up the manufacturing in-house. So our current roadmap is that we maintain that manufacturing in-house and look to expand and, and become a sizable manufacturer and, to be honest, a proud manufacturer of a decarbonisation solution out of Australia that we will be exporting globally. Fantastic. Let's change gears a little. I'd like to know a few things about the topic of innovation, as you guys are a part of our ongoing Australia's 50 Most Innovative Manufacturers campaign, and thanks for being a part of that. To begin with, how do you understand innovation personally and or at MGA? Innovation in terms of MGA is at the core. This is a bespoke design material at core. So Innovation is is actually the start point for our whole business. And not only that, it's an ongoing process. So I'd have to say that with two of our founders having PhDs and six PhDs in-house and the level of science and business acumen that's contained within MGA, innovation is absolutely critical. It's 
the differentiator between us and a lot of competitors who might be repurposing concrete or rocks or bricks or sand versus development of a material that encapsulates a phase change. So I'd say that innovation is at the very core of of what MGA is doing and what differentiates us as a company. Okay. That wasn't bad. You made a funny face like you weren't so confident with the delivery, but I I thought it was not bad. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking I haven't had that question before. (laughs) Okay. So I'd like to know if there's a recent in-house project that shows MGA's approach to innovation in action. In terms of Innovation in action and MGA thermal, the best example would have to be the MGA demonstrator unit. This is a a five megawatt hour energy storage unit. It has roughly 3,700 of our MGA blocks in it. It's about 12 metres long, three metres wide and four metres high. So if you're sitting listening to this, that would be circa 40 foot shipping containers type size with a control system. And this has the ability to take in energy from the grid or decarbonise energy such as solar, convert that into heat, and then dispatch high-quality, high-pressure, industrial-grade steam for up to 10 hours. This is a -a first-of-a-kind unit. So it's an example of heavy innovation within MGA Thermal. It's heavily over-engineered, being an engineered-based firm, but also as a result of being a demonstrator, it's massively instrumented so that we're able to really accurately understand how this works. But one of the interesting things, I think, in terms of innovation is that we haven't only designed it to run as a unit this size. We've been really beneficial in that Shell Energy Globally has been able to provide some insight and advice around how a scale-up of a unit like this might work from an electrical control system design. So the other part to it is that really understanding how to run 100 megawatt hour and up and charge and discharge 100 megawatt an hour up electrical systems as also in a way first of a kind. So I think that there's innovation flowing through MGA thermal, but with a pathway to commercialization and large scale manufacturing and export that's really relevant for a business. Well, as a you know, just personal point of view, I'd, I'd see innovation as something that involves value being created and that last thing you said with a very useful commercial outcome and export would, I'd say, exemplify innovation when you get to that stage. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, appreciate that. I mentioned earlier the, the media release that came out today and that was, of course, to do with your new partnership with Node. How did this come about, please, and what are you both doing together? MGA has been starting to look at different markets and one of the places that you do that as an Australian firm is in the Australian market. As a subset of that, the Western Australian jurisdiction, and it's a standalone energy market, is a really interesting example of a a part of Australia that's got massive industrial energy needs and consumption levels, has maybe got some very traditional power sources, largely fossil-powered energy and coal and gas-fired power stations, and are rapidly needing to adopt a decarbonisation strategy. That's driven at both a corporate level, where you've got major global corporates who are wanting to decarbonise and a roadmap that's driving that, as well as at a government level. So that's intersecting really well. 
what all of that means is that the WA market is a really good example of a market that's going to rapidly accelerate and adopt a decarbonisation strategy at scale. So when we were looking at how MGA would work in the West Australian market, one of the things that we came across was Node and their related entity, uh, Slate Group of Companies. And together, they've got a a research part to their business, an advisory part to their business, and and a ventures part to their business being Node. And as a result of working with them through a number of different discussions over the last year and different client applications that we were talking through, it became apparent that that is a very well-respected group of executives and team that are working who are intimately familiar with the WA market the business leadership and the government leadership with a willingness to work with an innovative startup uh, to help bring technology into the WA market that will help address those decarbonisation and industry changes that are underway. So we built a relationship over the the last year or so and then recently formalised that with the ventures part being Node and looking forward to working with them around bringing our technology as part of a suite that will help serve the WA market's needs. What are the major untapped opportunities you see in WA around creating and using heat energy? I think there are two main opportunities in WA around creating and using heat energy, Brent. The first of those is helping decarbonise the industrial sector, and happy to go into that in a bit more detail. The second is actually around power generation. So there's a heavier reliance in particular around coal and coal-fired power stations in the West Australian market, yet the West Australian market has a time span on that, and basically by 2029 you'll see that close down. If you then look at well, what does replace that, and it's quite clear that a lot more investment and focus is needed around decarbonised solutions to replace that and in a, in a short space of time. So one of the opportunities that we see for MGA Thermal is around producing the energy storage that firms that up. One thing that people may not realise in the, in the audience is that lithium is often touted as a, a part of the energy storage solution for, for solar and wind. But lithium is what's regarded as a short-duration energy storage medium. So if you look at the large lithium battery installations in Australia, which are all necessary, there is a role for them to play, the longest duration dispatch is about two hours at capacity, and the average is about one and a half hours at capacity. So that really, let's say your sun sets at 6.30 p.m. or 7 p.m., that would have your lights go out at 9 p.m., and that really doesn't cut it in terms of a decarbonised energy storage solution, does it? So what we really see as a big opportunity is providing that firmed baseload long-duration energy storage, that 24 by 7 dispatchable energy. And that's a really good opportunity for MGA to work with WA government, Node and clients in WA to provide that firmed renewable baseload. Last question we normally ask guests is, what's one issue within manufacturing that isn't currently getting the attention it deserves? One of the big things about building an innovative manufacturing organisation is that the front-end capital requirements come in advance of being able to deliver the solution, and they're heavy requirements. And I think it's something that Australia is starting to get back into the swing of understanding and investing in, 
but it's been a while. So the investment community is just sort of getting their head around investing on front-end capital needs for manufacturing. I think that the government support that's pending, let's see where National Reconstruction Fund, Safeguard Mechanism type vehicles go. We're really keen for MGA to be a part of that. But I think the the big thing is recognising that for us to build a, a sustainable growth organisation, we do need the access to capital in an efficient way to front end building an innovative manufacturing company. All right. Well, Mark, that's everything I wanted to ask you. And it's been delightful to speak to you. And thanks for taking the time and good to have you on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Thanks, Brent. It's been a pleasure. 